The Outlet. The Talk of Southland. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. In this podcast, I talk to Jerry Ford. Jerry and his team of volunteers are remarkable people who are making a real difference in the lives of those facing hardship. Jerry is the founder of Spirit Army. We chat about the origins of Spirit Army and how the work they do is building the community up. On Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. The Outlet. The Talk of Southland. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the Outlet Podcast. Thank you very much, Brad. My pleasure to be here. Now, the Spirit Army charity came into existence in 2015. What inspired you to start it up? That stage, we were at St. Pat's Church, Catholic Church down in South and McCargill, and uh, the principal there, after Mass one day, just said to us, oh, look, you, do you realise there's 25 families under the breadline at the school? And we, we were a bit shocked to hear that, and um, we said, well, that's not good enough. So I convened a meeting there and about 30 people turned up and we decided, well, we'll get stuck in here. We'll, we'll get some budgeting sessions going. We'll find some loan money that we can get them out of debt. We'll um, get some gardening going. We'll chop some firewood, all this. So we set up about nine, 10 groups and everyone, you know, someone was in charge of it and uh, we got into it. So we just started from there. You've been making a really significant impact by helping families in need. Could you please tell me about some of the key services and support that Spirit Army provides? There's probably three key areas. First of all, and most importantly, is the personal mentoring. So one-on-one mentor who really uh, gets into the life of the person and can help them at the deepest level. And we're talking a lot of trauma and we're talking very difficult lives. So that's that's a big ask. So to do that, you probably need to be, well, for a start, I should say, None of us are qualified therapists and none of us are social workers. Right? We're ordinary people. But you probably need a, you need a history of yourself being involved with trauma and PTSD or you need to have been closely associated with your family to really be able to be a mentor. So that's the first thing. That's the, That person's right alongside. Then we've got all the practical stuff, like we can do everything from garden to fix a car. Anything that a normal family would get done way, and one, they could afford to pay for it, or two, they'd have an uncle, a brother, a cousin who could come around and do that stuff for them. But when you're looking with a single mum, which is our typical scenario, then they just, they've just got no contacts, they've got no support basis whatsoever. So we always come in and do those things. But I just, I've just come from banging in a clothesline, a support peg for a clothesline so they can put one up. You know, that all that sort of stuff happens all the time. And the third area is because people are um, socially isolated, which has usually happened because of their predatory uh, exes that they've been involved in, and leave them with the earth scorched as far as the relationships go and their own self-confidence and lack and anxiety. They've got, they've got no social connection. So we try to create that for themselves. If they go into a normal social situation like a, a PTA group or something like that, they're immediately gonna feel on the out. Everyone's going to be confident and well-dressed and, and good within themselves. And these ones gonna feel different. So what we do is we've got our, a lovely little area that we uh, lease off the council. We've got our own buildings there. And once a week we go out and have a wonderful social time together. But Wonderful might be the word that we would use, but other people going out there might find that a little bit different because it's not mainstream. We've got people there who can suddenly blow up and go wild. We've got all sorts of anxiety behaviours, and to be able to manage those takes people who understand it, and we all understand it because, you know, we're in it, so uh, we can make that work. So that become a wonderful place for us. I'm not saying, you know, there's no such thing as... Um, as heaven on earth and life's just full of challenges all the time but it's the way you manage it and you do create a real sense of community empowerment among the families you assist could you share some examples of how they've benefited from the sense of community and mutual support i just come off the santa parade 
And we got an offer from one of the businesses to be in the parade on and to manage their float. He's a sponsor, so Beaumont meets a big sponsor of ours. We thought we'll do this for them. And you know, I give him a break, but all the time I'm thinking to myself, oh man. And I mean, our lovely peeps find it hard to hold a conversation with a receptionist, let alone to be marching down the middle of D Street and in Invercargill. So I thought this is a really big ask, but I thought, well, sometimes you've got to do that. You've got to just push the boat out and see how it floats. And so a few, you know, were unable to do it, but we got a, we got a significant crew out there. And so I could run through, you know, about six or seven people that were there and what it meant for them and the difference that it made for them. There would be the mother of an autistic boy who cannot really mix socially anywhere. And she's marching him down the middle of D Street and kids are stretching out to him to get a high five because he's dressed in costume. You can't put a price on that. And then you've got a wee um, autistic girl who wanted to be up on top of the float, found that she couldn't handle the overload of sensory with all the noise going on and thousands of people. So found an option for her to go inside the ute and hold up a wee uh, figure of piglet and wave to the crowd from there. And, you know, she was fine. We had teenage girls who have high anxiety and ADHD and uh, they got on top of that float and danced their life away and another lovely wee chap who's lost his mother a year ago and is really struggling. He was in the costume and dancing the whole time, the whole hour and a half as well. So at the end of it, we're as like as high as kites because you know, when you do push yourself out there and you have success, that's taking you to a new level of self-belief and that is an empowering, powerful thing. So just one little example, we're just, we're doing that all the time. You know, we're looking for scenarios where we can uh, grow confidence, grow self-esteem. What an incredible experience. And you don't know where things like that are going to lead for people, do you? No, no, how marvellous, because at the first start, it seems like a real challenge, but you know, you've got to take it, you know. Look, I'll give you another scenario. So uh, we're out at a special place, which I won't name, and uh, our buildings are there. And suddenly the power goes off this is like a ripple reaction that happened instantly so first of all a highly autistic boy completely panics and comes screaming out of the building then the guy who usually looks after him who is autistic as well he goes into a panic because his mate's in a panic and then another mum who's had bad experiences with people turning lights out in her past she goes into a panic so we've got three we're trying to contain the first boy the second one one of the girls goes and tries to get her out him and support him, but he throws a pull cue at it, goes through the wall. She goes off and deals with the first boy, and she's able to distract him by focusing in on his bracelet so that it takes him away from the panic. And then she says, look, I'm wearing this bracelet. Look, oh, it's different to yours, but and calmed him completely. The mum who originally panicked then went to the one who'd thrown the pull cue at, at her daughter and calmed him down. The first time I've ever seen that boy take a hug. Unbelievable. And that's what the people around you were doing just because you were helping them out, right, Jerry? Yeah, helping them out. Mm. So, And then the girl who had thrown the cue at came up and gave him a hug. And it's like, okay, we've had this problem. It set off this reaction. But unlike in a mainstream situation where it would have been full of criticism and judgment and put down, we just worked our way through it and just did it with, you know, with love and compassion and with strength. We just, you just don't ever give up. You're in the hot seat. These people have lived in war zones, you know, domestic war zones. So they, we know how to hang in and we know how to do it. So yeah, the growth from that, the teamwork and the building is, is just unreal. So how important is the gardening component of what you're doing? What benefits have you seen from that? Oh, gee, uh, 
the gardening has been massive for us like it was a key thing and um our head gardener john mcmanus was new zealand gardener of the year a couple of years ago and oh man we had tunnel houses massive community gardens we had i'd say four kilometers of spuds at one point we're really just getting that fresh veggies into the families and I think for me also, you know, having dealing with trauma in the mornings is what I do, and then I do hard work in the afternoon. It's a nice balance. So I think there was a little bit of me needing to, because uh, it's all organic, so it was all hand weedy. You can imagine what it was like. But then we just turned around. I, I said, no, I could see that, you know, weekly visits wasn't enough. We need to be in daily contact with people, and we need to cut back the gardening. And then, of course, why not put the gardens in their homes instead of out at our venue? and get them picking fresh stuff they grew themselves they feel good about so we swung that around now so we reduced the gardens down but the gardens are big because they're in the family's homes and that's something we can do when we go and mentor and chat you know we can just check on the garden and see how it's going so yeah it's it's been a real growth Brent all the way through you know we're just we're just prepared to change and react to everything out there and improve. Well, those are good skills. Gardening is good skills because, I mean, growing up for us and our family, we spend all the time in the garden with our grandparents. That's how we learn to, you know, taste fresh vegetables and how much better they are and your own fruit and that. So it's such an important thing, isn't it? The idea, definitely, yeah. My own veggies taste better than anyone's. I'm with you there, Brent, and I'll eat the whole lot even if no one else likes them. <laughs> The little kids, they're attuned to it. A lot of children are very attuned to the, the growth of veggies and what they are. So that's real, that is real cool. So if you can get them hooked when they're young, that's a big part. And it's a family thing you can do together. So, yeah, it's just, a, there's so many pluses to it. So good. And it's therapeutic for the mums to get their hands in the soil. You just go on and on. So gardening is a gem. People you often support, they become volunteers themselves. How is the transition from receiving support to becoming volunteers positively impacted on both the organisation really and the volunteers themselves, Jerry? Yeah, I think we're probably seeing a reduction in volunteers, Brent, because families are taking over. Like, for instance, I'm getting a wee crew together now, boys aged 12 to 14, and we they come with me and do this muscle work on the wood and the gardens, and that's just what they need. They need to get into something solid. Kids aren't getting it these days. It's on the old computer and playing games and stuff. This is out there in the real world. You should see the excitement of a young male when he when he splits that first bit of wood, you know, and it's, you know, first time they hit it, it's bouncing off and they, you know, they're missing and uh, you're sort of wondering, are they going to hit their foot next? But um, no, when they actually get their technique right and they start bang, splitting open that wood, it's like, that's a that's a feeling from deep down inside and it's kind of a red-blooded feeling that, that a lot of males are missing now. They think they're getting it from smashing up people on, on gaming things, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same as good hard physical work and seeing that wood split. So there's a wee crew there. Mums will also, they're not really capable of, you're not capable of doing, a, holding down a full-time job when you're still working on your own healing and inner growth. Because like, so they'll do a bit of lawns, a couple, mow a couple of lawns. And so they might do that for each other and they might employ each other because they've got benefits and some of them have got, you know, special allowances and things. So they can afford to pay another mum to do that. So that's getting that mum progressing her income and it's getting the two working together but they cook they cook for our social event everything gets done that way so yeah it's getting to the point where everyone there was one good example i'll give like when i'm talking mentoring we're talking going and into places that people don't know exist and the depth of people who have been abused and the pain and the or the lack of self-esteem and the horror that's down in the bottom of that is like a scary, it's worse than your, you know, your worst horror movie that you'd go into. The things that have been done to people, it's horrendous. 
to go down there takes a really special skill. And for some people who have been through that, they can't face it. It's too much to go for, to be taken down that journey. But what we've found is that sometimes those people, if you give them a responsibility and a job, and if you give them a positional authority, that actually lifts them up above everything that's pulling them down from their past. And we've seen an example of that happen where someone, I took her um, as an advisor in a lot of areas on the Spirit Army, and I, she was great on gardening, so she became technical there, and then she started helping other families. And she was one who never really had to depth the depths of trauma, but got over it despite that. So there's different paths. And so that feeling that someone is helping someone else is actually a path to overcoming what's happened to you. So, yep, it's really true. You know, like it's a very Christian principle. And, you know, we were very Christian based at the start. And, you know, the ethos still is, but it's a different topic. It's not a, we're not a Christianity that you'll see in a church anywhere. We're, we're really down in the, in the real healing. We're not putting on um, a fake Christian hype that, that makes you feel good for two seconds. We're actually dealing with the harm at its base and working people out of there by loving them out of it and by being prepared to follow them all the way. And, and the thing is too, that when, when you start helping people out yourself, that, as you say, for that self-esteem, but you just do feel good when you do whatever it is, doesn't matter how big or small for someone else, it does build you up. Look, mate, whose dishes would you rather do, your own or someone else's, you know? Uh, on that simplest level, but on a deeper, deeper level, there is something about that Christian ethos of reaching out to other people as a way of saving yourself. And I've seen that happen at the most, you know, desperate level. So it really does work. So do you see any extra pressure at this time of the year? And are you seeing more people in need in the community, Jerry? Oh, look, we could just, you know, like to do the job, properly we could only take on about seven families at a time so there's hundreds out there we do have a, a process though we've got to thin it down because people have to be ready they have to be ready willing and able and so you know we have had time with families that are um ultimately proved not to be in that space and not to be ready so we've got to be careful we've got such limited you know capacity that we've got to spend it on everyone so like yeah it's huge look Brent, I don't, this is, this is a hard thing to say, you know, for someone who was the pride brand for Southland and a great lover of New Zealand, but we have a major, major issue in New Zealand around abuse and the, the follow-on from that, people who are going on to abuse can abuse multiple people and those multiple people are having children in difficult situations where they're bringing them up to be vulnerable to the same abuse. It's, it's going to be so horrendous in New Zealand society. At the moment, we're going to have a whole separate stream of people in, in our society who need special help. And it just people just don't seem to have isolated that at the moment. They don't seem to have actually put a ring around it and said, hey, this abuse in which we lead the, you know, the, the first world countries in the world is, is real and it, the effects of it are really out there. So... Yeah, I'm not a political person. I can't be bothered with it, honestly. I just want to get on and help people. But I just that's I will say that that we're only just seeing the tip of the iceberg, and you know the resource is going to have to really come in, or there's going to be big trouble in the next couple of generations. At Christmas time, yep, it's worse. Of course it is. You know, like there's a lot of demand, and there's a lot of mother guilt from our mums because they never feel they mothered very well. So Christmas is a great time to make up for that, isn't it? By spoiling them with some presents which they can't afford, and then, of course, they're, they're deeper in the, in the debt trap. But, of course, our ones, we're on to that. We're, 
we kind of have that but we always ask for donations at this time because we always give a bit extra we, we run a hamper we run a christmas party with lots of rides boat the south and boat club are fantastic take us out and um, give us a day out there with a barbecue and boat rides and the Mustang club come and my bro comes and he gives a few uh, motorbike rides and we've got a quad bike so that, and Santa comes and all that sort of stuff so there's expense around that so that's good and we give everyone a bit of ham and a chop and so and then afterwards at back to school we'll help them cover their back to school so we do, we do always put out if anyone can help us at this time of year it's always good for some donations just going back on the the abuse situation i'm actually a, a trustee on a charity called i got your backpack and we supply as many backpacks as we can for people who have to leave domestic violence in a in a hurry and leave with nothing and you know honestly i, I i'm with you i can see the impact and i don't think people really have any idea no no it's uh you're dealing with a different you're dealing with the opposite a mirror image of what mainstream people think of you know like a, a mainstream in the mainstream people think of themselves as you know being fairly good and deserving of a fair run but if you've been the victim of abuse you think of yourself as crap and you think of yourself as deserving of everything you get in the way of bad treatment and you'll hook up with a partner that will give you that and then you will have children and then when those you're trying to love those children you can see it's not working you might split and then you're isolated because he's made sure the ground is scorched for you and then you're on your own and that's when we love to get alongside and uh, say you're not on your own and we link to a whole community of people from mechanics and builders and everyone who will just uh, make a difference but the key thing is that that mentor that's alongside and uh, yeah your heart goes out and it's uh, it's very gratifying when you see the lift but it can take eight years Brent this is this is not you know what Jesus talked about those devils that are really hard to get out well this is the hardest one this is the hardest one of the lot there's no quick fixes for any of this but look you know the work you're doing is absolutely valuable and incredible so people can go to spiritarmy.co.nz and find out more about you and support you there but what are some other ways that people can get involved Jerry well obviously we'd like you know more mentors because then we could manage more families you know but just it does require someone who has a bit of experience of trauma in their own lives so yeah that that would be one area and just otherwise there well there's always a bit of volunteering you know there's still a gardener if you want to do that and we could do we've got mechanics but someone else might chip in and take the load off them same with the builder our man eddie's getting quite old now so if someone could spare an hour or two every now and then just do we handyman jobs for families that would be awesome too so you all those type of things anyone who's got a skill feels that they could give some love and some time that would be wonderful well, Jerry, I just want to thank you for all the work that you and the team at Spirit Army do. It's absolutely fantastic, and you are making a difference in people's lives. So thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Good luck with your backpack too. That's good to hear. Local voices, local info, the outlet, the talk of Southland. Thanks for listening to The Outlet, your interview podcast for Southland. The Outlet is produced and published by the Southland app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The Outlet is available on the Outlet button of your Southland app and wherever you get your podcasts.